Hey, all you rad dads out there. Hey, what's up, everyone? Brett here, bringing you another episode of The Rad Dad Show, the parenting podcast where we ask inspiring dads the question, what does it mean to be a rad dad? On this episode, I sat down with two rad dads who are responsible for a couple of my favorite records of the past year. Brendan Scholes and Jared Cooper are longtime best friends and bandmates in both Mercy Music and the Descendants All Homage Project, Not. But they're also dads, and that's why they're here. Brendan became a dad at 20 and has three children, Cecilia, Riot, and B. And Jared has one daughter, Violet, and another daughter on the way. We talked about Brendan's parenting journey, particularly as a young dad who had to adjust to parenthood while focusing on his music career as well. Jared spoke about how he looked to Brendan for advice when he became a dad himself and how they've navigated parenthood together. They told us how they find balance and remain connected to their families on the road, and we discussed how, as parents, we have to learn to avoid knee-jerk reactions so we create a safe environment for our kids to share their challenges with us. Jared and Brendan also spoke about Mercy Music's latest record, What You Stand to Lose, and working with Bill Stevenson on it and achieving some redemption from an earlier experience at the Blasting Room. And finally, we discussed their other project, Not, which is what I've dubbed All Core, an homage to Descendants and All that totally stands up on its own and fits right in with the All catalog. If you haven't listened to these two records yet, you're doing it wrong. We'll have links up on our socials to make that easy for you. But first... Let's dive into this fun, but really thought-provoking interview. Without further delay, here's Jared Cooper and Brendan Scholes of Mercy Music and Not on the Rad Dad Show. Okay, Brendan, Jared, thanks for joining me on the Rad Dad Show. I'm going to start the way I always do, and that's by asking, who are you? Whoever wants to go first. You go, Brendan. (laughs) Okay, I'll go. Uh, My name's Jared. I play bass in Mercy Music and Not. Uh, I have a daughter. She's three and a half. Her name's Violet. And we have a second daughter on the way. She's due September 27th. Congratulations. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It's very exciting. Violet is very excited to have a sister. Yeah. So you guys, okay. So you guys found out um, what you're having. Did you you do the same thing when you were having Violet? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. We just did it. Yeah. Right. When they the the lady doing the ultrasound was like do you want to know and we were like yeah no big deal yeah we don't want to make a big thing out of it you guys are on the same page about that like some people they kind of struggle with that decision right or, or maybe it's something that drives a wedge too yeah we we didn't we just we just wanted to know there was enough going on we didn't need to add add any other like stress or questions to the equation you're a planner i can tell because you were here 30 minutes early so i'm the same way we we found out right away when when we could too and um you know, it just helps us, whatever, pick the stuff for the, the bedrooms and whatever. Yeah. There's other things to be thinking about. Right. Yeah. yeah agreed. And what about you, Brendan? So I'll, well, I'll get you to introduce yourself and yeah, let us know, um, I, I guess the family dynamic. Uh, my name is Brendan. I play guitar, uh, and sing and mercy music. And, um, I play guitar and not, and I guess, yeah. I have three three children. Uh, Cecilia just turned sixteen yesterday. Um, my son Riot, who's fourteen, and my youngest son B, who is seven. Um, yeah. So you have a full have, house. Wow. Yes, I do. Um, yeah, 
Well, I think I, I read it. I, I read an interview with you from like a number of years ago and there was like a slight mention at the end about, um, about kids. It's like, Oh, we talked about his kids too. And I was like, wow. So he's, yeah, you, I knew you obviously had a little bit older kids as well. Yeah. I, st- I started, I started before everybody, <laughs> before everybody else. Yeah. So How old were you 20? I was 20 when I had my daughter. Yeah. My oldest. Yeah. So that's, that's, uh, that's pretty young. Like what, what was that like for you? I guess, um, as a 20 year old going to be a dad right away. Oh, so I, I was like, 20. I had my first when I was 30, I guess. And I, I didn't feel prepared at that time. I don't, that's the thing. Like no matter where you're at in life, like if you're financially secure or whatever, like I, I nothing you do can prepare you. You're, I don't think anybody can ever feel that like things could be maybe a little bit easier, but can I show that picture of you it, when you were holding Cecilia, like the day after she was born that you posted yesterday? Sure. Yeah, check this out. Oh my God. Hey, hold on. I need to, uh, <laughs> I need to like uh, pin this on the screen. Oh, <laughs> you, that's you amazing. Process. Yeah. You look like a, about what a, a dad of a newborn at 20 years old should look like. Yeah. I was, I think I was leaving to play a show that night actually, which is hilarious. I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah, I know. No, I was terrified. And the number one question I got from everybody all the time was like, so what are you going to do now? And yeah. I was like, nothing. Like, I'm going to keep doing what I do. Yeah. So I, I know a lot of people use that as a cop out for. But like, if you you can do it, if you want to do it, you just have to. But like, yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't. <laughs> so it was it was something that was changed in your life but didn't change who you were it didn't yeah because I, I didn't let it it's, is it easy no am i grateful yeah. that i do have have a a family around me that that, that it takes a village man yeah. it really it really does and i'll be the first to admit it because i couldn't do it by myself i mean there have been times i've had to do it by myself but um yeah it's uh trying to, yeah so so how like how did that transition go um like i think that's something you know, a lot of parents struggle with in the beginning is like how to figure out that balance of, um, you know, maintaining that individuality. That's a, a huge theme on this show. Like, obviously, we talked to lots of people who are musicians and artists and whatever. And so, you know, typically, those types of people want to prioritize like their art or whatever it is they're they're into. Yeah. Um, and what makes them unique. Um, but not saying that's easy right to do necessarily and and so sometimes that's a little bit of a struggle in the beginning but like what was that transition like for you i still i still ride that line because i mean any musician will tell you if they're honest with themselves that they're very like self-oriented people in a lot of ways because their focus is what their their thing is so i i still ride that line i mean but kids will make that really apparent really quick if you want to be a good parent if you want to be a good father um i was raised by a single parent I didn't really have a dad. So like for me, it was like, it was never an option not to be a dad or to be someone that was, you know, present a hundred percent. So I'm human. I have my bad days, but like they are, my kids are the reason why I wake up in the morning. Still everything else, as much as music is like, might as well be my, you know, third arm or, you know, whatever. Yeah. At the end of the day, all I give a shit. Can I swear? Sorry. I yeah. Can't. You can swear. Yeah. Yep yeah the only thing i really and why i get up every morning is is them that's it you know and that's that's the switch that goes off when it happens 
So, and how about you, Jared? Like, um, so you said Violet's three and a half. Yeah. So has, I'm curious, like, um, has, like, I think I understand you and Brendan have been friends for a long time. We've obviously played together for a long time. Has Brendan sort of been like a bit of a mentor for you in terms of like navigating being a new dad? I know it's been. Absolutely. I I remember telling my wife, well, if he can do it. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) That guy can do it. Fuck. No, of course, man. Brendan's Brendan's been a role model to me since before we even met each other. I remember going to see his band absent-minded in high school and just thinking to myself, this guy's so cool. I got to figure out how to become friends with him. I'm not worthy. We are like 20 years later. Yeah. And yeah, I was, I was there through all of it when he had Cecilia and riot. And it's, uh, it's really admirable that you were able to do that at such a young age. And that kind of sets, sets, uh, I mean, like, I know, I know what it's like too. like, you know, a lot of my friends were kind of having kids around the same time as me, but I had a few who they were a little bit older and, and having that kind of example around you to kind of reassure you that like, okay, I'm going to be all right. Like, I'm going to be able to figure this out. Um, other people are able to do it. And that's kind of like, you know, I think one of the coolest things about parenthood, right. Is it's this like shared experience that we all kind of go through as parents and there's there's differences in the way you navigate it and whatever but um it's like everybody does it like (laughs) it can be scary at times it can be hard at times but you know that you know if you kind of remain confident that you can get through those times it's it helps right well for me one of the craziest parts about becoming a parent was how natural it, it it was I was really scared even though we talked about it and Violet was very planned it was really scary and then you kind of just figure it out you kind of know what to do. Like we all know what to do. It's all like inside of us. And it takes having a kid to understand that. Yeah. It's pretty like pretty simple in terms of like their basic needs. Right. Yeah. Like So, so you can figure that stuff out. I mean, so Jared, what were you scared about? Like, what were the things I guess that, that you were worried about? I think the biggest thing was probably continuing being able to do what we do musically, even though we had that conversation before we decided to have a kid the, I'm not going to stop doing this. I love doing this. I'm going to do it till the day I die. Are we sure we want to do this? And we both agreed and it's, it was difficult and still is difficult, but I think that's what I was most afraid of selfishly, right? Musicians, you're just talking, but but I don't think it's selfish. Um, and you know, I've kind of said this before on the show, like, I think it's, it's something that I've realized too, is, um, well, it's important that you have that conversation ahead of time. Like that's another important piece too, that you're able to kind of, I guess, set those, those, um, I'm not going to say ground rules. That sounds a bit like you were, um, you were kind of driving the ship there, but you were able to have that conversation and figure out what the parameters of all this looked like ahead yeah. of time so that you don't set yourselves up for disappointment and resentment and kind of comes back to that communication piece, I guess. Absolutely. My, my fiance, Corinne and I are very big on communicating and just being totally transparent uh yeah yeah it's important i think very yeah and so so i guess yeah and what i was going to say too is um like i think probably because you made that decision this is my opinion but because you made that decision to prioritize you know kind of what's important to you and make sure that fits in the whole dynamic and everybody knows what the expectations are that's probably a better outcome for your family anyway like it's funny for me, like you guys probably go through this too. Sometimes, sometimes I'm like 
pissed off. I'm stamping around the house and I'm, you know, bothered about something or I'm, you know, upset or whatever. And my wife will be like, do you need to just like take some time and go play guitar for a little while? Like she realizes like that's an important piece of my life. And like, I'm sure it's the same with you guys. Like when you don't have time to kind of connect to that side of you for a while, you kind of start losing it. And so if you were to just like, okay, I'm a dad now, like I can't, I can't do that anymore. Um, Like it would probably eat away at you. And then that affects your family too. I think that's pretty common. I think that happens to a lot of people. I think it builds a level of resentment. That's like not repairable. I mean, in some cases too, like it's very important not to lose who you are, who you are. And, and, and I mean, in becoming a father or, I mean, in any relationship, I'd say though, too. I don't think it's like a, 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 even a musician thing. Like we've talked about this as like, it's, you know, a musician or artist thing. I, I think it's like more obvious in those cases, but even like, I don't know, like my wife, for example, she, I'm a bit more of an introvert than she is. She loves going out with her friends and stuff. So I know that's important to her. So when, you know, that stuff comes up. I'm never like, oh man, like I have to be at home with the kids by myself. Like, no, it's like you go do that. Cause that's what kind of, you know, fills your bucket or whatever. And then, um, you know, then just the vibe around the house is so much better afterwards. Cause you know, you need to just support those parts of you. Like, you know, it's kind of like, I guess it's a cliche, but I think, you know, how people talk about, oh, my dad used to go like, you know, into the garage for hours and tinker on the car. And that's kind of talked about, like, it's kind of a, a shitty thing to do like like but i guess i'm just thinking about this now like maybe like that's just the same thing that we're talking about here it is. like it is. i i need to prioritize what's important to me obviously it can't come at the expense of everything else like you need to figure that out and it comes back to communication but um yeah like i guess it, it's important for everybody it is very much yeah i converted a spare bedroom into a music studio yeah right? My wife and I's bedroom is right there. So she tolerates that. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. I, you know, I always, I'm always envious. I see your, your videos and stuff on your YouTube channel and, yeah. and on your social media, you have a pretty sweet studio. Thanks. It was a lot what, of work. When did on. you go, go through that? Pandemic. Mm, yeah, perfect I mean, time. This, this used to just be like Brown soundboard. It was so ugly in here. And over the pandemic, the government money. I bought some like recording equipment, some of the soundproofing stuff, the lights. Yeah. Yeah. The lights are cool. It's it's the lights. That's what really is the lights that just tie it together. It really ties the room together. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Look at this. This We can make this an interior decorating conversation here. (laughs) Um, Well, and this is the Rad Dad Show. So I'm going to ask you guys sort of separately, but um, do you consider yourself a Rad Dad? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. What about you, Brent? Your kids aren't old enough yet. Not old no, enough to tell I, you you're not rad. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think I'm, I don't. I mean, I, I don't think I'm. I'm that rad. No. I mean, is my. Yeah, my 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 daughter's friends and stuff think I'm cooler than my 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 daughter does. You know, and that because yep. they're like the discovering music age and stuff like that. So I think it's kind of embarrassing for them. I know my oldest son thinks it's cool. And he likes going to shows. Um, and that's like, that's one of my favorite like dad experiences is like having him be into music and like, you know, having him come to like when we do bigger, cooler shows and he can, you know, stand on stage with us or whatever. Cause like when I was his age, I would have fucking killed for that. Yeah. Like, that would have been like my be all end all. And that he's into it's really cool for me. 
um my youngest he just came to his first show in like april and yep. i think his, his head exploded because he wasn't sure who the other guy was but uh so he I, he could take it or leave like it, he, he wasn't sure who like you yeah were on stage, it, yeah, sort of yeah yeah he's like that yeah your other persona i guess the, you're right the guy that's not telling him to yeah yeah clean up his room or whatever exactly exactly so i think that was like i don't think he processed it fully he's he's also slightly uh de developmentally delayed so it's a it's a but yeah i don't i don't know i don't think i'm that rad i think they think i'm a nerd <laughs> <laughs> well some sometimes those things go hand in hand i think right i i am a big nerd i i mean i think of myself as one well so. you know it's it's funny when i ask this question like people are always like and you're kind of doing it right now brennan like you know like humble about it or whatever um or or they'll be like well you ask my family or i don't know you know you tell me jared i like your answer the confident yeah i'm a rad dad um well jared what do you think is brendan a rad dad absolutely yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I, I have nothing else to say but of course he is the raddest oh man and brendan what's your verdict on on jared i think J jared's just a rad person in general and i will i will say i've never seen someone i mean because i could see i saw before and i saw after like fatherhood just like took to jared really well and like also through that he's incredible with other other people's kids too like i don't yeah. have that i'm like the awkward guy that's like hi like <laughs> they're not my kids so like no one but like i, I feel like the magnifying glass is on when i'm on in that situation jared's just like jared's a natural at, at that and then he's also embraced like other stereotypical dad dad qualities through the process too. They're like I, I I haven't even reached yet. So it really showed through on this last tour. I think you guys started just calling me dad. <laughs> I did. So is that like you you're like keeping everybody organized? You're like we yeah, gotta we gotta catch up. the the plane at exactly, yeah. uh, you know eight, so let's leave five hours early. I booked well, that's all, it's, yeah yeah. No, but just your your general behavior, like in restaurants or, or what have you, it's very. Jared's just like, yeah, Jared's a natural at it. I've not, born, yeah, born to be a dad. It's impressive. I like. I feel like I need to step my game up with like no. being a person that has has children. Yeah, no, Jared's Jared's rad as hell. Jared's yeah. rad in general. Thanks, B. Yeah, awesome. Dude. I love that. Um, so one of the things that we kind of really try and explore on the show is like you know to kind of like get maybe a little bit serious about it for a second is um is like well what's a rad dad like um you know obviously it's there's kind of this connotation of like doing things that are maybe radical you know being a musician or whatever an artist but like you know we as parents we look at other parents just like you guys were talking about each other but we look at other parents and we kind of go like oh yeah that guy seems like a really good dad or um or geez what like that guy seems like a real shithead like what 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 are the what are the qualities of a rad dad like i guess what are those things you, you strive to and i think brendan you said it before like we're not perfect all the time we don't have to be perfect i don't think but what are those qualities you strive for to be able to consider yourself or, or someone else a rad dad do you want to go first or do you want me to go first well i'm going to say what you're going to say it's just being what? present showing up is like 90 yeah. percent of the job I just, that may sound crappy, but like just being there and that, I, I don't, I, and it doesn't even mean, face. yeah, I don't mean like physically either. Cause with what we do, like a lot of it is FaceTime or it is a phone call. And as your kids get older, that stuff is, 
and I will say doing this as they get older, it gets harder. Uh, it's easier for, it was easier for me when they were, were younger, but as life hits and things go on and people develop into being adults, like it's that much more important that you are like, even when we're on the road, I am on FaceTime or at least a phone call every day, if not texting, you know, all day. Um, yeah, for me, it is showing up. I didn't have have a dad. Jared has a great mm-hmm. fucking dad. Jared's dad is like the dad of the band too, like a hundred times over. So I couldn't be more fortunate. Yeah, Jared. Yeah. Jared has a great father. Um, but yeah, I just knowing that you're there, knowing that th- them knowing that you you support them, just like that they can talk to you, that you have that. And again, this is like more of as they get older type of thing. Um, but yeah, I say all that knowing that we we were we were playing a festival when my youngest uh, was came into the world at the insistence of my family to go do the show anyways. So yeah, so but so just, your youngest was born and you were I, I took my wife I took my wife to the hospital and I was there till eleven a.m. and she still hadn't come out yet and we were playing Life Is Beautiful that year. And I watched my son being born from FaceTime on the back of a golf cart, leaving catering or wherever to the stage or whatever. Um, And my wife doesn't hate me and neither do my in-laws or, I mean, they all told me to go. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's being there, man. I really, you know, and, and trying your best not to, you know, make sure that you're not what they're talking about in therapy. Yeah. You know, but you're human, man. We, I think we all are, and we're all going to have bad days and say things that we, and it's being able to own up to those things too, like being able to apologize. Like, I don't know if you had parents that were able to apologize or not, but I think that's a big thing, you know, and maybe it's more of this generation being able to do that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, there's so, there's so much I, I sort of want to comment on from what you said. Like, you're right that, like, being present um it's a really simple concept but it's actually really hard to pull off i find sometimes like especially in this world of like well okay you guys there's like this physical aspect where you guys might be away for for the the art that you do right so there's that physical aspect but there's also just so many fucking distractions all the time right and like i don't know you guys are probably managing your social media and like like you kind of have to stay connected a little bit too like i find that's something i really really struggle with is like oh let me just look at this for a second like you know it's like someone commented on my instagram post like that even matters right but but you kind of like get distracted with all the things that are going on in life and um so i i think you know, it, it sounds like really simple and, and maybe seems like kind of cliche to say or whatever to be present, but it's, it's actually like probably the hardest thing to do. It is just like, think about like when you have a bad day and that's what's bothering you when you walk through the door or, yeah. you know, and it's just like, I think of the things I've missed while I was perseverating on something that's fucking completely irrelevant right now. Yeah. And I'll kick myself for it the rest of my, I mean, that's my biggest struggle with everything that's going on in my, you know, personal life or job or that's not. And that's something I, I've, I've, you know, been working on my whole life is to just be present in the moment because you, know, you like have that you, perspective, right? Because you don't get that time back, yeah. you know, and the, I mean, the pandemic hit that home really hard, like coming out of that and realizing that like life had moved forward that far. Well, you, it's, 
it's really easy to have your head up your ass. I mean, it is for totally. me. I speak for I speak for myself. I'm not trying to accuse anybody of anything, but I, I think, yeah, it's just that's my biggest piece is because man, you don't you don't get it back and those little things and those little moments like that's what's fucking important and that's what life is about because at the end of the day, everything else is pretty fucking irrelevant when you're on your deathbed. You yeah, know? and you mentioned like not wanting to be like the subject of you know, your kids therapy or whatever, (laughs) like later in their life. And, and um, it's funny. So Brendan, you have a bit older kids and uh, Jared, like our, our, my youngest is about the same, same age as Violet. Uh, But I have one in the middle who's seven, just about eight. And I'm sort of starting to see that, that shift to like, um, I don't know, this is like something that's bothering me a lot lately. Um, and I'm trying not to like get too worked up about it. But like I go to I drop her off at daycare. And like you kind of walk down this hall. And there are rooms at the end of the hall. And she's like, Dad, can you like hug me outside in the hall? Like not like when you get to the room, like, you know, it's like, that's not a major thing. But but I'm starting to see that like shift of, oh, my parents kind of embarrass me a little bit or like, like, it. I don't think I embarrass her. But I think she's just like, trying to figure out how to navigate like kind of being cool and you know those kinds of things already so those things are tough yeah i'm not there yet it's a hard one to swallow when that starts happening i I mean i I can imagine but i can't really imagine my little violet saying dad just hang hang back i know and and the thing is like my my kids like we have a very connected relationship like we're we're always hugging and all that stuff like I think I, I'm like trying to just tell myself this is not something I did, but like you can't help but like have that go through the back of your mind. I'm sure with teenagers, Brendan, like you must be experiencing some of that too, right? Like I overthink everything as it is. So like you throw <laughs> like actually like being a dad or responsible for someone's life in the mix, it really amps up really quick. Um, Do you enjoy I, embarrassing Cecilia? Why? Well, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, so that's something I'm looking forward uh, to. Violet. Um, <laughs> You know, I was trying to keep the the thought I, I was on with that, like, because I, I remember when it, it started happening for me, and it's hard. And I, I'm like, I was definitely a really bad hover parent. For I'll be the first to admit it. Um, and like the gloves kind of came off in the pandemic when I realized that they were, you know, becoming teenagers, and like I had to, you know, let 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 go of the grip just a little bit, and that that was a lot um, for me to do because I'd say they were kind of overprotected and sheltered because I'm just that's just me um but yeah when that starts happening it's hard not to think but it happens to everybody and yeah. it's like you got to think about like when you didn't want to be around your, your parent either but no I, I thoroughly enjoy embarrassing my oldest like at uh in any opportunity but she's generally like she's generally okay with it like I think she ex- accepts me and she's gotten older she doesn't mind me being around i think and oh i told him to come over <laughs> you've got the strong internet connection there i guess so yeah how, how do you feel do you f- consider yourself a rad dad even though you are the uh, host oh. of rad dad? yeah you're ter- well it's uh, that I, that actually makes it a little bit more complicated i feel for me like yeah, it's funny you, you say that yeah because um you know, and I kind of try to be pretty clear about this that like, oh, Brendan's back. Sorry. Um, no, Sorry. that's okay. Jared uh, took over the podcast. Now he's asked me if I consider myself a rad dad. Um, and 
it's like some, you know, I guess like sometimes when I do have those moments that you, you kind of regret, right? Like you lose your temper or like you just handle something in a way you wish you handled it differently. That's always in the back of my mind. Like, Oh shit. Like, you know, that's not a rad dad move right there. And um, I I think in general, I do consider myself a rad dad for, for some of the reasons we're talking about here. Like, yeah, I'm pretty involved in my kids' lives. And, and I actually don't think you have to be like, you don't have to be like um, the world's best dad to, to just meet that, that part of it. Like, like you said, like 90% of it is just being present. And I think if you can do that, if you can, like, I guess for me, as, as my oldest daughter is getting older, a thing that I'm really thinking about a lot and to connect it back to what you said, Brendan, about like um, being able to come to you when they have problems. That's the thing I'm really thinking about now is like, okay, she's getting older. Like, Pretty soon there's, you know, like pretty soon, but I mean like in five years, like there's going to be like boyfriends, there's going to be like difficult situations. And like the only thing that I really care about, like going forward is that they can trust me, right? Like that's like the biggest thing is I just want them to feel like when something goes wrong, whatever it is, it can be like the worst thing. They could have done something terrible. I want them to be able to come to me and be like, this happened help me work through this. And so that's a thing that I'm really like trying to be conscious about right now is like, okay, when they do something stupid, like when they're, when they're little, like you kind of have to like treat them almost like, um, this is going to sound really bad, but treat them like little, like animals almost like, okay, like you need to learn like that's bad. And so you don't do that because they don't understand the why they just have to understand that it's bad. But when they get older, um, like if you respond that same way, you're going to lose that trust. They're going to just feel like you're yeah. like, I have an authoritarian dad and like, I can never do anything right. And so that's like a thing I'm really thinking about a lot now and like reflecting on. And and the times I feel really crappy about myself is when I've like, like lost my temper or like, um, you know, they've had a problem and I've kind of like made it their fault, you know? So I guess you know, to, to answer your question more directly, like I do consider myself a rad dad. And I I guess I just think like, as long as you're thinking about those things and trying your best at it, you're probably doing okay. You're probably doing more than average. That's pretty rad that you're thinking about that. That's rad. I I completely agree. No, that, that reaction thing is, is very real, man. And you're thinking about it now. Like I'll tell you this, this last year I've, I've had incidents with both my oldest daughter and my oldest son where it's, where I had to rethink my natural reaction to the situation. Like the one I'll bring up is my, my daughter had had a boy classmate, like touch her like back or something inappropriately. And she kind of froze and didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And of course my first inclination is like the protector is like, where does this boy live? I'm going to find his father. And you know, cause that's, that's me. But if you react that way, or get angry or like you're no longer a safe place to come to you're no longer they're going to second guess telling you what's going on in their lives like you and the fact that you're aware of that now is like you're light years ahead of the curve because that stuff will come you need you have to consider not you know not having your first knee-jerk reaction to it because you can erase like that one precious thing that you are still the person that they can tell you know they're not going to tell you everything. They never will because they're your kids. Right. Um, but that's so important, man, to just being aware of it now, you know, because I'm happen. not sure. I'm not sure. I like 
know how I'm going to react to those situations, right? Like, I guess I'm kind of, you won't till you're there. Yeah. Yeah, You you won't till you're there. But I think probably like the key thing that you said there um, is just not like, not like um, responding instinctively. Cause I think we're like, we come with like 35, 40 years of baggage here at this point of like handling things the way we always handled them. And that doesn't always work for your kids, even like the way you handle things at work. You yeah. might have to handle that differently at home. Um, and, and so that's the toughest part is like, and I'm kind of like you, Brendan, like I'm kind of hearing that you're, you know, kind of type A and just like, you know, keeping things organized or whatever. I'm totally the same way. And so my, the hardest thing for me is when it like something kind of disturbs my routine or what I thought my plan was for that day or how this was going. And that those things will kind of drive me nuts. And my instinct will be to like, kind of freak out about that yeah. and I have to just like I have to tell myself to just relax like it's not a big deal yeah yeah I plateau and then drop re like yeah so I it's a struggle man it is yeah it's, we're, it's, we're it's, human work. too exactly like, and you talked about like apologizing like your kids seeing too that like you mess up and and stuff I think is okay too like as long as they're not the, yeah. the brunt of experiencing the brunt of it all the time but it's important for, that, for them to see that you're human also. Yeah. Yeah. We try like in my house, like my wife and I really try to make it an open forum in regards to everything, you know, at all times, like having stuff that's like, can't be talked about or like we make it open forum. And we also make it open forum. The fact that like we are human, you know, for mm-hmm. our older ones that can understand it and that we're not perfect, you know? And I think that, I think that's a good thing too. I, I think kids knowing that, that, yeah, I, don't, I kind of trailed off on a tangent there. Sorry. I don't no, know. it's like it's all about kind of modeling that for them, right? Like, yeah, they need to see that like life's not easy and it's not easy for my parents either. And um, yeah, sometimes they screw up and they go through struggles too. And yeah. and actually, it's kind of nice too when you can like turn to your family for support too. And they Absolutely. see that sometimes like they need me for support, right? Yeah. Jared, I'm interested to hear a bit more about your dad uh, to change the subject a little bit, but uh you know, you you responded pretty emphatically about having a, a rad dad yourself and uh, and Brandon. I love I love Jared's dad. Yeah, I wish he was. So tell me dad. about your dad and and I guess maybe your experience like growing up, your relationship with your dad, and and I'm where I'm kind of interested to go with it too is, and I don't know if you've reflected on this, but like how it's impacted the way you parent. Well, okay, he's definitely a big role model for me. He's very successful. When he was 30, early 30s, 1986, I think was the year, he, he was just a stagehand like I am in Las Vegas. And he and his two buddies got together and they decided to start their own AV company. And he, they maxed out all their credit cards and bought some AV equipment. And now his company is in every single hotel on the strip. He, it's massive. Wow. It's called Encore. Okay. It's called Encore okay. Global now. Yeah, you're worldwide worldwide yeah um so watching that watching him do that as i grew up was very inspiring uh there there were tough times growing up like he traveled a lot mm-hmm. so he wasn't necessarily always there but we travel a lot brendan and i um i wish there was facetime back then because there wasn't it's He's a still- different it was a different time too like um 
I guess, you know, kind of reflecting back, like, I, I guess one thing I always think about too, is like, there's lots of different um, jobs and life situations and whatever. And like, some people have to travel for their job, right? Some people have jobs where even if even now, like, they can't use FaceTime for whatever reason, like maybe their job involves like overseas, whatever, it's different time zones and stuff. So I guess, yeah, you know, how do you how do you still maintain that relationship? Like what, I guess, what did that look like as as you got older, did your perspective change about your relationship with your dad? Did that sort of grow and change as time went on? Uh, not really. I thought you guys, you guys got closer. Like that's my outside perspective. Yeah. You guys don't yeah, make... you know, teenage years, you kind of fade apart, even though mm-hmm. he was still always there for me and always so supportive growing up no matter what I did, baseball, rock climbing music. It was all, he was always 100% in what can I do to help you do what you need awesome. to do? And even even still, he still supports us one hundred percent. Has your has your relationship I'm, evolved since you become a dad yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it really started getting better beginning of my thirties for whatever reason. I, I I don't even know. I think maybe I just started growing up around then, but uh, we just became close again. And golf has been a big nice catalyst for that we we golf like every weekend awesome so you kind of have that uh that specific thing that you guys kind of enjoy together that did you go did you golf together as kids like well not when he was a kid yeah when you were yeah, kid? He, he kind of forced me to i did i wasn't really into it and it was piano and golf those two things they were like you're gonna regret it stick with it you're gonna regret it i'm like ah, i don't care i just want to go ride my bike i just want to go play video games yeah and yeah sure enough i do but so, Jared's a great Jared's a great piano player so i know Okay. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Um, so, well, this is kind of an interesting topic too. I don't kind of want to beat this to death, but, um, like forcing your kids to do stuff. Like I'm kind of interested in your, your perspectives on those things. Like Jared, you and I are probably at a similar stage where like, I don't know, my, my kids are kind of like, yeah, I'll do whatever you say, dad. Like, yeah, put me in soccer or do whatever. Um, but I'm noticing with my oldest as she, you know, as time goes on, it's like, oh, I don't want to do that. Or I'd rather just have time off or that's too hard. I kind of want to give that up. Like, what's that balance look like? Brendan, maybe you have uh, some insight on that um, in terms of the balance between letting your kids kind of explore, you know, their passions and what they're interested in and maybe <laughs> uh, trying to impart our wisdom as parents and knowing some of the things that they probably should pursue. The The last two years I've dealt with that a lot. Like from, from my, for me growing up, like, so I've always had like, or like my brothers and I too, I mean, pretty much have always had like whatever our thing is or the thing that we do. Or for me, obviously it was, I did music and and martial arts was like, that was my thing. And that's like, it was never, it was always just kind of all in. That was the mentality in my, and I live in Las Vegas because my younger brother was an elite gymnast and we moved here okay. so he, so he could train. Um, so it was, that was the way that like my household was like everyone had a, so my, my daughter was competitive gymnast for a while until it started to like break her down. And that's like, to answer your question, I, I do 
there has to be a line where you see that they're that they put in the work and they've actually been able to form an opinion to the point where like it maybe is detrimental to them but like to to you, you just got to give it time and sometimes you do slightly have to be the bad guy because maybe it is for the greater good and maybe it is something they'll look back and regret my daughter ended up i because it was she was in such a bad place with the gymnastics that she just started doing dance and she's been doing dance the majority of her life um my oldest son riot that's the hard one for me um the last two years is he was he was a break dancer he had been since he was four um and did world of dance with j-lo did uh got got to do i guess the world championships in france wow and yeah he you was know religious. like he did like was music videos stuff like that like professional um and this year he just he didn't want to do it anymore and that was like it was a hard thing for me for him not to have his thing but it's not like he didn't do it for more than half of his life you know yeah. so it's like i gotta respect his his choice and you leave it with like the and the, his crew and his studio and everything i mean it left as the doors always open kind of thing but it's like you know he's 14 he wants to i'm gonna support him and and in his choice and I, it's not like he didn't do it for long enough like i think he could form a coherent opinion on on where if he was over it or not um he plays guitar now um he's just he's one of those kids that's like i mean much like jared like he's kind of good at whatever he wants to do with i mean some cases more effort but like minimal effort like he picks things up very good very well very easy and like that's the hardest thing for me is because he's not like gung-ho driven about anything and it's like for me I always had like I, I still do I still have the same you know get out of my way attitude with whatever it is that I my heart's into and so that's as a parent that is kind of hard to see with not like riding your kid to some point of because like with the guitar thing I wanted him to audition for the art high school that my daughter goes to and that mm -hmm. I went to because I think it would just be a better overall experience for him if he didn't want to do it and I couldn't I couldn't force him part of me wanted to just force him and but I didn't and he's going to the high school that his friends are going to and he's happy and it's there, there's a fine line there is I don't have the perfect perfect answer but like in some of that I've gained my like made my peace with it like if there's enough time put in if there's you know I wanted to quit guitar after like the first week and my mom's like do you have any idea how many 16 year old kids have a guitar in their closet that gave up and don't care and it was like some reason that kind of stuck with me and so yeah i don't know if that was a good choice or a bad choice still at this point in time but, uh, when i was younger i was forced into doing i i think it was uh team sports said so you can do whatever you want but you have to be involved in a team sport i tried soccer i tried baseball uh gosh what else the golf team i hated all of it and then i found rock climbing and my dad's like that's not a team sport that's just you climbing and i'm like nope there's a climbing team at this gym down mm -hmm. the road and it was really just a bunch of kids it wasn't a climbing oh. team it was like climbing club <laughs> yeah but it but worked there's and, support uh, there too right it kind of functions a bit like but a team. looking looking back if i wasn't forced into doing something like that i don't know that i would have done anything I probably would have just wanted to play video games and leave it at that. And that's my worry with Riot right now is because he's in that phase of like, he likes playing guitar, he likes playing video games. And it's like, have a, I want him to have a thing, but it's just like, maybe that's not him, you know, maybe. You still play video games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> me too.
Um, yeah, it's a, hard, yeah. it's a hard one. It's yeah. so hard. Um, but like your, I guess your comment about golf, Jared, and how like that's something you and your dad are are kind of bonding over now. It's like I guess if he hadn't kind of forced you to do that, you wouldn't have this experience now. And so I, I don't know that we would because golf is tough. I don't know if you if you play, but yeah, I do. Yeah because I was forced to do it when I was a kid, I kind of had a good base. Yeah. So I'm, a, I'm able to go out and like play around with him and not get frustrated. And I don't yeah. want to do this anymore. It's fun. That's me. That's me golfing. It's like, if it's not a baseball bat and I'm hitting it with blunt, like all the force in my body, I have no patience for it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah gol- I mean, golf is not just something that's easy to kind of like pick up no. but, and, and people, you know, people do get frustrated. It's funny. I took golf lessons when I was a kid too. And I don't think I was particularly interested in doing that, but I'm really glad I did. Cause it's kind of like, here it's it's a real cultural thing like um i would say it's it's quite common because we have this like for you guys it's warm there all the time for us it's fucking freezing here for six months of the year and then for you know six months and that's your time to get out so it's like golfing gets really big um and all those kinds of things you know swimming and whatever um and so i'm thankful that i i had that stuff too and so i'm i'm like reflecting on that with my kids i've got like a couple things that i think are it's like swimming lessons okay you need to do that because like i you know, I can't handle you falling in a body of water, not knowing how to get to the edge or whatever. So that's like a life skill, you know, but um, so yeah, I guess so swimming is a big one. And then, um, you know, one of the other things we're trying to do is like skiing, because we live in a like a winter climate. So it's like, if you can't enjoy the winter, man, like it can get pretty depressing up here. So we're kind of trying to, to do those kinds of things. But again, like, you're always encountering that, like, how much do I push my kid here? yeah. You know, but, but it does give you some perspective when you're able to look back, like, and, and have that reflection that like, geez, if my parents hadn't made me do that, like, well, how would I feel about it now? So, yeah. so you're all, you are walking that line where you don't want to like break their trust and, and, you know, damage the relationship, but you do want to kind of do what you think is right for them. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not so much of a, of a push as it is a guide. Yes. I'm pushing like swimming. Yeah. I'm like, okay, you gotta like get to the point where you can just swim without like water wings. Are you, are you, all, are you doing all, class class swim lessons or private? We're so we have, we did like, there's like community swimming here that like, you know, is pretty cheap or whatever. And you might have like 10 kids in a class. And we did that for a little while, but our daughter was, she's like quite a good swimmer, but she wasn't um, getting a lot of one-on-one help with it so we went to a different like it's kind of like a swim school it's a bit more yeah. expensive but it's been amazing like it um she's moved through it so fast um and both the kids are in that it's that's where they are right now actually um yeah. and it's it's like according to milestones so instead of like being in one class for a whole you know session you know whatever it is 10 weeks now it's like as long as you hit these milestones you move yeah. up to level six and then you move up to level seven or whatever so that's that's my youngest is doing the same thing right now yeah. I like the milestone he, program. He's in swim lessons right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all, I mean, all three of mine have had, have had yeah, I, I need to get pilot and swim lessons. We swim all the time. We have, a, we have a pool in our backyard and it's deep. Yeah. God, she got to know what's, what's up. I mean, yeah. you have a, you have a pool though. Yeah. And I had somebody just a few days ago, tell me a horror story. They were in like a group swim class and oh. they went under and nobody really noticed and the kid was under for like 20 or 30 seconds before somebody finally was oh like oh my god because they were wow. watching they had like five kids they were responsible. Yeah. 
Well, I swear I'm the only parent that, like, because I sit out in the pool area. Like, they're, his class is small. It's usually two, I, like, him and another, or him and two more. And one of the kids was wild, and they were goofing around while the instructor was had the other kid out in the lane. And I'm a Huffer parent. And this kid jumped on B, and I had to run over and, and pull. And, like, it was a whole, whole thing to do because that shit happens when you're, so when I've, you're been, I've been looking into it and you can have somebody come to your house and do like have that and it's pretty much the same price yeah have that it works i think i'm gonna do that yeah and i think like the your pool and it's like she you know she knows it she's comfy yeah, we did yeah, that with the oldest too we went through that with our youngest where she so like if I'm, I'm if we could have done it at home it would have gone so much better but when she had kind of first started she um she kind of, you know, got used to the idea. She wasn't like afraid of the water. She, she was good, but um, she got used to her instructor. But what happens is when you move up, then it might be like a different instructor, like just a different area in the pool. Your other instructor will be there too, but you're with this different instructor. And then that, like, she lost it. Like, oh, I, I miss my old instructor. I don't yeah. want to go. And she would cry. And then you're like having to take her walking out to the pool, like crying and basically forcing her into the water. Um, so, and yeah, she was maybe yeah three or maybe just four so kind of that same age where if you could do it in a comfortable environment and build that confidence i think that would be really good for sure yeah, yeah definitely yeah it's not too many people have uh pools in their backyards here because <laughs> like i said six months of the year it's it's drained but or more than six months of the year probably but but um it is getting warmer here too and we are seeing more people with pools in their backyards it kind of felt like this summer it would have been nice for us to have one but yeah. Anyway, that is how it is. Hey, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about your bands. Um, so, because this is pretty a pretty exciting year for you guys. Two killer records that came out this year. Um, the new Mercy Music record just came out. So tell me a little bit about that, the the process, and and I guess what the because it's been out for what a, a month and a half or a month. Yeah, about yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, like. What day did it come out? June thirtieth. Is that the? Oh yeah, 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 June thirtieth. Yeah, so about a month. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, how how's it been? Like, because you guys did a bit of a tour, and and both your bands, you kind of toured together. So yeah, tell me. Yeah. Um. The, I, it's fun. I, I you can't make everything perfect all the time. The touring thing was we're, we're working on. It's it was a weird year to release a record because Jared's going to go on paternity leave from from what september to december yeah so I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to be out yeah. a lot out a lot by myself um from you know through the fall um but doing the the shorter runs and like regionally is it's it's cheaper to do it's more cost effective like as much as that like we because dudes and bands love talking shit about like bands that like have the three-day run and they're like going on tour like it's like you know <laughs> yeah. like Honestly, in 2023, like half the time, that's the best way to do it. You know, yeah. it really is. Um, I wish the Unwritten Law Tour had been a little bit later, but like it happened and, you know, we're grateful. Um, but that's, I mean, that's the plan with the, with the Mercy record is, is I'll, you know, be supporting it through the fall, just doing solo dates and, and maybe one-offs when Jared can get, you know, if we can do some small things here and there. Um, and then we'll do the plan is to do, you know, Europe in 2024 and hopefully Japan. Um, 
but the, i mean the process, yes we want to we want to <laughs> like be gone you know and i'm i'm lucky now that i have a, a job that i can work remotely actually my my company is based in montreal oh okay um i work for solo tech so they do like staging and lighting for all the really famous people that make oh, money cool. make money doing this so I, I I order their parts from the back of a van. Um, it's incredible that you're able to work and tour. I'm I watch it and it's I'm like I cannot do that because we're up yeah. at three a.m. and then you have oh to yeah at five a.m. I do it I every single day because my my schedule goes against Montreal's so they're right three hours so they're yeah three hours a few hours ahead of you so Brendan just does not sleep on tour. But you know what? I get to tour and my kids get to eat and yeah. so, but um. No, the what were did we talk about the, the process? Is that yeah, what like I, I guess like like how the record came together, maybe a little bit, and like because you you worked with the blasting room this time, right? So, yeah, and and I've heard you talk about a little bit before how you'd kind of wanted to do that with the past records and hadn't really worked out to work with with Bill. Yeah. Um, I, I promise I didn't choose this shirt today. Yeah. I'm wearing the blasting room shirt. I didn't choose it for that reason, but it's just like one of the most comfortable shirts. No, I met I met Bill in high school and we did a record that was I think a terrible experience for everybody. Like it wasn't terrible being at the blasting room, obviously, but like I had guys with me that weren't prepared and I had a yeah. bad ad like I had a I'm 18, like I know the world is I'm right about everything and these are my songs and like I mean Bill and I were fine, but like I don't think it was, he had the best time. <laughs> but we stayed friends and I yeah, for the last two or three i tried to get him on board to do i mean he was on board to do it but it's like scheduling didn't work i mean especially for nothing in the dark like we that almost happened but then rise rise took the studio for the year i'm pretty sure um right. and i can't i can't i can't come with that and kind they of were working on hypercafium then too yeah or the they were finishing the walnut thing um so beginning of whatever whatever year it was i don't know anymore i wrote bill i'm like just like give me 10 days you know you have the whole year don't care when it is we're at your disposal yeah um because jared and the advent of him building a studio we got to do something we've never done before which was actually like make real demos of the songs and got to fuck with them maybe fuck with them too much at some point because i'm insane um that was really amazing. I mean, and to the point where like the demos that Jared did things that we forgot to do when we were at the blast room, like little guitar diddlies or whatever, like we flew them from the demos that we did in Jared's room. Oh, crazy. To the, to the yeah, record. Pretty cool. I won't, I won't tell you which one because you wouldn't know anyway. <laughs> right. So yeah, that was, that was the big, big thing with this one. And also just for me, it was like personally redemption to like, like, like when you want to, show your like have your dad be proud of you because like bill's always been that like whether he chose to be or not like he's like he's going to be like that father figure type guy to me like as a writer yeah. as as everything you know as, yeah you have that that respect for him and yeah it, like you know i've heard a lot of people i've met bill too but i've never like worked with him but i've heard that can be a bit of an intimidating process too and so maybe part of what you're saying is like you had that initial experience with him and you kind of felt like Oh, I wasn't yeah. as prepared as I would have liked to have been. I'm, you know, I want him to be more impressed with, you know, my level of work ethic to kind of. Yeah. Know. And like going in there, like knowing that, like, I'm like, I'm so I'm grateful as hell to have Jared, you know, comp like amazing musician, Rye, who 
that's a mystery to me right now, but we can touch on later. I don't know. Um, but just like machines of musicians, you know, like all in the same. So to go in there and just, I mean, ride it as drums in eight hours and like with Bill and from what I've heard, maybe Bill doesn't track drummers so much anymore. Um, so like, yeah, that's like, like I wear that like a badge of fucking pride, like yeah. honor. Like that's like to, you know, think that your your heroes think you're good enough is that's it's an amazing feeling you yeah know? To, to impress uh, somebody like him yeah it's pretty or cool to just you know and like he came out we did that unwritten law tour and he he drove out to denver which also fucking blew our minds that like he, and he brought you know some friends like because i'm like hey we're in town he's like yeah we're coming like he already knew like that feeling is just like who the fuck just, am just I? Yeah, that he's sort of following your band. That yeah, you know, yeah. Yes, and the first name is Mercy Music. Bill Stevenson. Yeah. yeah, and he's like standing at the front of the stage, like telling telling Jared, "Not a big deal. Don't fuck up." Yeah, I look down. <laughs> his hands on the stage, looking up at me, and he's going, "No pressure, no pressure." <laughs> no, it's just it's it's fucking surreal, man. And like he was at the merch merch booth, and he he was. He was just like, yeah, like telling stories about me in high school. I'm like, I knew Brendan when he was, I'm just like, God, dude, like what is life right now? Like, cause I don't think he knows like what a big thing that is for me, but like, that's yeah. like a huge, huge thing for me. You know, um, B- Bill is like a really, um, he's like, you know, everyone will agree. Bill's like a really, um, just sort of different guy. And he's just and Bill. He's, he's Bill. Like there's nobody else like him. And he, he, um, he does remember stuff like I've had a couple of those types of experiences too, where you're just like, how the fuck do you remember me? Like, I'm sure he has a million people like, you know, I mean, you know, fanboys or whatever, who are just like, you know, have, have met him and shook his hand one time, but it's like, he remembers and he, he pays attention and he, I think, you know, like a a lot of us, like, I, I think he detects like, you know, people who are genuine and, and, uh, so yeah, he he's just such a cool, cool guy. And so to get respect from someone like that who who has done so much um yeah. in his life and had such a major influence on you, that's a, a cool feeling. Yeah, I just yeah, I but yeah, the whole thing was it was an amazing like yeah, it was a dream experience, obviously, to go. We were yeah, you know. And and I mean, did did Blast Room, did they mix and master? Yeah, Jason, record? Jason did the mix yeah. and the master on it as well. Yeah. And so would they, they would have been in there because when did you, when did you record that record? You've had it done for a little while, right? We finished in May of 22. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, and yeah, I I was there a number of years ago, 2019, and they had just finished their, that new mastering room. Yeah. Yeah. They showed us that when we got there. It's, it's really, really impressive. Yeah. So the, yeah, new records. Sounds great. I love it. Thank you. So I love much. it so much. I really Thank love so um, suddenly you guys did a, a video for that too, which is awesome. So we'll put up links to all that stuff too. Thank We're kind of talking about, um, you know, the kind of Bill Stevenson descendants all connection. So let's talk about not and how that all came together. Like I'm going to tell you my um, first exposure to it. So I'm on that descendants all Facebook group, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I remember, I, I can't remember, Jared, it must've been you. Some, someone posted like your first single, I think it was, was it Stop the World? It was the first one that you guys released? Yeah, I think that's it. And I remember like reading the description and it was like, yeah, we're, you know, 
kind of like in the style of all descendants and i'm like oh yeah here we go you know whatever i'm pretty skeptical but i clicked on it and i remember like the first listen through just being like holy shit like you guys have done something really amazing like i, I think you know it probably and i think you've had enough people tell you but like if you look on that descendants all uh facebook group there's a lot of people on there who have followed that band for a long time those bands for a long time are deep in that sort of circle um that community you guys are part of it but we're pretty protective of that band and and what they do and like you've got pretty unanimous um agreement and acceptance that that record kicks ass and it it is in the the vein of of all i know you kind of described it as um like um so it's a tribute of, man well yeah and and an homage and, and tons of bands do this with the ramones right there's kind of ramones core well you guys have like started all core i think that was our whole thought. Like, yeah. can anyone take this seriously? That was like, I know Davian, Jared's been gung-ho, like doesn't, has not had a doubt in the world about it, but like Davian well, and I. I modeled my bass playing completely after Carl Alvarez. Yeah. And I, the first day I heard him. So this I, project to me was like, I'm yeah. all. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I play guitar the way I play because of Stefan, man. Like the palm, like that's, I. And we knew what we were getting into when we decided to do this. We knew that this is, we're not just doing like a Ramones thing. Yeah. We're, this is this is big. If we got if we're not doing it right, it's we're not putting it out. Like we wanted we it to. Had, be. We even had issues with mixing. It got to a point where the mix wasn't there, and we were like, "We're not we we're not putting this out. It's not good enough." Yeah, yeah. yeah it, but then we we figured it all out. But that was our fear too. Like you bring up the Ramones core thing. Like like, are we going to get laughed at for biting at this? Like, but that that was the point, you know. And you look at you know the Ramones core stuff. There's a whole like genre yeah. of that. So it's like, why couldn't there be a genre of this they're equally as influential man like any band in the world right now like you can't say they didn't listen to the descendants or all or I think didn't take something level, from i think it's the musicianship you have to be able to you have That's, to get a level to do it there's yeah. that too well there there's 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 a few components i think too like musicianship is one thing and you guys are so fucking killer i can't believe it like Jared, I've watched you know all your bass playthroughs and stuff, and it's just like amazing. You're you're incredible, um, and and same with you, Brendan. Like amazing guitar playing, just you, like man. love what you guys are doing. So there's the musicianship, but you guys have nailed the songwriting too. Like a lot of people have said, um, like that album kind of feels like it it could be sort of like you know in the mass nerder problematic era of of all, and it's true. Like you you pulled it off it doesn't sound like a ripoff it sounds like it just it's so hard to describe like it's it I, it's been my favorite album of the last probably two years three years Thank i don't you. know i love it Thank um you. it's just Thank like the record you know all fans have been waiting for since problematic came out and and you know it's it feels but despite that it feels like you guys like that's cool too that's what know, we're worried about too is like is there any like De detection of like it being its own thing too yeah yeah but, i think it is for sure um I, i'm curious like so um uh, you guys have talked a lot about sort of how the project came together like do you guys have plans for like what's next or like are you talking about that or are you we about that for with not in particular i know you're you're very focused on mercy music right now i'm sure with the new record out too but yeah but i i mean i've I know I've gotten, I'm, the, the plan is to do, I mean, maybe I should talk to Davey for, I mean, we will, I think we will do another record. I think, we, do both, we, all, record. I think we all want to, we weren't even sure if we'd like do a show. So now we've done several. I mean, we did the the tour thing, the 
to that yep. which was a terrible decision in hindsight <laughs> but we, we fucking did that um why was it terrible was it just like because we to were play we, two sets every night or back back to back yeah, yeah. poor poor paul the drummer because paul ended up drumming for mercy the, that run and that was like it was one of the last shows and some random guy came up to me and he's like why didn't you have not play first and then like a couple bands and then mercy music and i was like why didn't we (laughs) good idea so no i just for me like it's a fun it's it's fun like i I don't like all like davy and i write i mean i'm jared right i mean jared those bass lines like that goes beyond just like i play bass on the thing like find someone else that can fucking do that you know like yeah so but Davey had the first batch of whatever, three or four songs. And then I think we kind of cove the, the majority of the rest. Um, Davey wrote every word. I He asked me to write lyrics, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, but and, yeah, I think we plan to record again. I know we have a few more shows coming up before the end of the year. And I, I, it's just like, it's a fun thing. Cause it's like, I get yeah. to play, you know, do something I like doing. I, I'm not like, I don't really have to worry about much. It's just like, cause I'm not the, I'm not the alpha in that band, I yeah. guess, or where the lack of better. Like I'm just, I'm the, I play guitar and you guys can kiss my ass. Cause that's all I have to do right now. Yeah. It's um, nice to have that different dynamic. Hey. Yeah. Well, I like, I just think like if anybody's sort of listening or watching uh, this and they haven't checked out that album yet, like go get it. It's like, even on its own, like not as a, like, you have to be a fan of the descendants. Like it's a fucking great record. The songs are great. I'm a big, like kind of power pop guy too. And it's got that whole, you know, I mean, that's what sort of descendants and all have done so well. Um, Yeah. There's the record right there. So (laughs) I, I have a a first pressing copy of the not one, but my friend Corey ordered it for me and he's in Vancouver. So I'm waiting to get that from him. Um, and yeah, and mercy music there too. So the, the new record as well. Um, so we'll put up links to all that stuff. People got to check it out. Like I, I, I really did want to convey though, to you guys that like, um, and, and I'm sure you've heard this from other people, but like, it's just a huge accomplishment. Like it's not, it's not a ripoff. It's like it, it it's such an amazing record. I just love it so much. I don't know how else to say it, but it's such a huge accomplishment. You must feel it too. A lot of, a lot of speed bumps, a lot of times. Where it was I, you know, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome to hear that though, man. Cause like we, Lord knows we thought about it. Like it wasn't like a, like we were very, it was very. A like, lot were you nervous about the, the response from kind of the descendants? So, well, uh, so much, so bubble. much so that like we were getting the first mixes and the not stuff where we were at the blaster room and Jared was kind of playing it in the break room and like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, I was not having it. Can and I tell you? I tell we, you? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So yeah. We're listening to the mixes and Brendan, Brendan and Davey were really nervous that they were going to hear it, the descendants and be like, what are you guys doing? That's our stuff. I didn't feel that way. I thought they'd be cool. <laughs> So I'm just playing it willy nilly and Brendan's all bummed out and I'm like, that's going to be fine. And sure enough, in walks Bill. Hey, what's this? Hey, what are you guys listening to? What is that? That's cool. Show me. And Brendan's like, oh, shit. So I I explained the whole thing to him and he goes, dude, that's so rad. All the descendant stuff I got from other people. Type this in on YouTube. This is where I got my edge. Yeah. All right. Now type this in. This is where I got theme. And he'd showed me all the stuff that he pulled from to get his song ideas. Yeah. And he ended up loving it. They all love it. Stefan loves it. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, like, what what feedback have you gotten since the record's out? Like, what have you heard from from the guys in the band? They, I mean, my thing that, like, I can 
one of the, my on my die happy list is we were when Mercy was playing with Descendants in Albuquerque. Stefan walked up and he's like, "Well, you know, if something happens to me, I know who can play guitar in Descendants." And I was just like, "Holy fucking shit!" <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a, so, that's like the the easy. world's best compliment. Yeah, I got nothing, man. I have yeah. nothing but high praise for for all of them. So like so, and the fact that they didn't like tell us to go die in a fire after hearing yeah. that. Yeah, because like it is what it is. Like it's not, it's it sounds like a fucking all or descendants record. Like, yeah, it, it it does. You know, that Stefan and Natalie are all in. Yeah, yeah, Natalie loves it. She loves it. I just I just sent them a bunch of merch the other day with uh with your stuff too. You, oh yeah, you're further away, so your stuff's gonna take like twenty days or something. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't got it quite yet, but I'll uh yeah I'll send you a care package back uh, for you guys. It's too bad I was actually in Vegas a few weeks ago. Uh, at the punk rock museum we did a thing down there oh, uh, yeah. the podcast um so yeah we we could have done this in person but next time next time how was yeah. that i haven't been to the museum yet oh you got to check it out yes yeah, it's, it's awesome like everybody sort of says it that um you kind of aren't expecting it to be as awesome as it is like maybe just because it's like a punk rock thing put together by yeah. punk rockers and you just wouldn't think they could like make a a real museum but it is a real museum it's done so well like if you what i would say is if someone's coming through who's doing a guided tour that you're stoked on yeah. you should go do the guided tour that's well, the way to I experience it. i didn't go do it when kj was there is that when you were there that's when i went yep dude chicks dig it for me sure yeah. huge chicks dig it huge. i love that band yeah i should have went then me too yeah it was super fun actually and it was all kind of like they called it the canadian connection so um it was very focused on kind of the canadian scene and those guys experience so grant lawrence from the smugglers was there too and they did it together um yeah it was really fun um yeah i kind of hung out with kj a little bit and, and grant and and kj's family was down too so um that was fun kj's been on the podcast before and um, awesome so we sort of and grant had too so we did a a bit of a you know, a punk rock museum specific feature with them on site. It was fun. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, make sure, you know, next time you see someone who's coming through doing a guided tour that you're kind of into or excited about, go do it. Like there's no experience like that. Yeah. It's just yeah. like any other museum, I would say, like where if you, there, there's like some written stuff that you can like read, but if you don't like know what that artifact is in that case, you might just like walk by it and never learn about it um right so to have somebody kind of walk you through and explain what different things are um is really cool and and like depending who you get you're gonna hear about different things um, yeah you brendan so. didn't you go didn't you play the john guitar no i didn't play it oh. i have a i have a friend that works there i was trying to parlay that into half it did not no i went i went on like a weekday afternoon so it was really quiet yeah. and yeah there's a lot to take in and there's things that you forget about too like in your like i don't know it, it's cool yeah everyone yeah, should go it's really cool it's kind of a unique experience too like you know you could take your family there and they think it's cool too like yeah they, they've got the jam room like you were talking about you can play you know different guitars yeah, i got to, I got to like stuff. playing tim armstrong's you know upside down yeah uh, the, the pink hags from man like that's like seeing that on saturday night live like my childhood like it's fucking like when can you get to do that like i know that's amazing right so, what, what was your introduction to punk rock um my introduction to punk rock like we must all be around the same age so i'm 38 36 i'm, 30, I'm 37 jared's oh. gonna be 37 he's not gonna tell okay. you <laughs> <laughs> for around this 
we're around the same age. And, and so probably like some similarities there for me, um, I grew up in kind of a smaller town that was, um, well, there's kind of two, I would say there's two things that sort of came together for me. So one was I had an older sister. So basically like de facto, I listened to what she listened to. So she had some friends who were kind of into some punk rock stuff. So when like Rancid and Outcome the Wolves came out, like Green Day Dookie, that whole thing happened. Like she had those CDs and those were in our house. And um, so there was that. I would say Rancid and Outcome the Wolves was maybe like one of, I'm not a huge Rancid fan now. Like I like Rancid. They're great. Yeah. That album is killer. And I love, like, I love a lot of their stuff. Um, but that was a big intro for me. Like one of the first albums where I listened to it start to finish and was like, holy shit. Like there's no, <laughs> there's nothing bad in here. No, I love that record. Yeah. What year was that? When did that come out? 94, I think. Yeah, 94, 95, something yeah. like that. I think. I think that was that same year, like Offspring Smash came out, Dookie came out. Like it was a crazy year. The um, second coming. Yeah. Speaking of the second coming, so this is the other piece as I grew up in a bit of a small town, big Christian um, community there. And so a lot of my friends, like, you know, I, I wasn't, didn't go to church and stuff, but my, um, a lot of my friends did. And we had this like Christian bookstore there. It was called the Book Nook. Was that what it was called? Something like that. <laughs> and, um, and they carried like a ton of like the Christian punk rock scene stuff. So I had some friends who were into MXPX and that was like, yeah. I would say one of the first bands that I really like super got into was MXPX. Um, and then, yeah, just sort of went from there. Like I got really into them and, you know, listen to some other bands. That, but, and I knew Mike from MXPX was a big Descendants fan, big all fan. And so um, kind of made that connection sort of like later on. And the, the rest was history. Like once I, once I found, it was really all for me, actually. Like, I, I really like Descendants. There's no question. They're 10 out of 10 for me, but yeah. all's 11 out of 10. So, um, thank you. Yeah. Once, yeah. Once I found all, it was like, it was over. That was it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. What about, what about you guys? What's the Coles notes on? I, I got into the game late. I think, I think Offspring Americana was my first yeah. punk that I got into. And then I was just like all in on the Offspring for so long. And then I discovered <clears throat> the toy dolls after that. And it was off to the races. Yeah. That's kind of how our band started. I would go to absent-minded band practice, which was Brendan's high school band practiced in his mom's living room yeah. while she slept upstairs. Cause she worked the night shift as a nurse. Right. I would sit there, they would practice, the band would leave. And then Brendan would get on the drum kit and I would pick up his guitar and we would just do toy dolls covers. Yeah. <laughs> And that's how we started playing music together. That's true. That's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. So yeah, you're. I mean, we didn't really talk about your mom, Brendan, but sounds pretty cool. Pretty supportive of what uh, Rat, she's she, a rad mom. That's yeah, she's she's a rad mom, dad. Yeah, for sure. No, that's and what about I mean, your your introduction to, but, to punk rock, Brendan? Back to my mom. I mean, my mom was. Uh, she sang in bands in in Phoenix in the eighties, so she'd play oh, cool. like with. The, with like the meat puppets and and stuff like that um my my mom is my introduction to music probably my dad too my dad listened to like the more classic rock side of things but like my mom like loved squeeze and like the jam and like all the early um and my dad had two kids from his first marriage so my older sister at the time i was really young like i went like five six seven but she'd make mixtapes that would play in the car and like that had like that's when I first heard TV party from black flag and, Crazy. and stuff like that. Um, so like I was always had that stuff and then, you know, third grade, whatever 
Dookie came out, obviously. And I'd be lying to you if that didn't happen to me too. Yep. And then, you know, it was off to the races because then I discovered like Lookout Records and I discovered the Queers and I, you know, that whole catalog, Mr. T experience. Yep. And then I think I was at Circuit City and I discovered um, punk rock record samplers. And yeah. That those are a thing that I can get 25 songs for $4 instead of like 10 for $20. So I'm like, oh man, this is awesome. And I think my sister sent me punkarama 4 which is like straight out of the pit mm -hmm. and i think that has think the world from all on it if yeah I'm that's right correct yep. and i i had not i had no idea they were the same band i'm like i listened to that song and i'm like who the fuck is this band like i can't even understand what's going on right now like i can't yep. tell what the bass is doing or what the guitar is doing but man the song is so fucking good um so that's like that was my all introduction um, but yeah, there's like the, and then, you know, fat records and epitaph and, yep. and Kung Fu. And then like, cause that's, I love that shit. I love like finding that stuff out. And like, I'd send, I'd literally send like dollar bills in the mail, you know, yep. with the self-addressed stamped envelope back to get stickers and posters. And that was my life. And that's, that's, yeah, it's just kind of been, been that way. But I was, I was lucky with, with my parents. Definitely. Yeah. I was, I was a similar kind of experience in that way. Like I'm, I think a pretty common experience, like um, you'd get a record and then you'd like read the liner notes. Like I would just sit and read liner yeah, notes all the that. time. I and then I'd be like, oh, stuff. they they thank this band. I've never heard of them before. I'm going to go check that out. I'll like buy the CD at HMV. I've never heard them before. I'm just going to buy it because What's these guys yeah. obviously like them. So side and seat. Just like this looks cool. I'm gonna buy this. That's how yeah. I bought. I bought Punk and Drublick that way at, a, at a, the grocery yeah, store I went to as a smashed. kid had a had a cd department and i'm like i heard these other bands talk about the snow effects band i'm gonna buy punk and drublick and it's just funny how like it is organic you know and i yeah. i bought problematic that way actually yeah. um i i'm trying to remember like how it went i think because i think i how did this work i bought problematic i think that was maybe the first all album i actually owned it would have been in grade 10 or something and um I remember popping it in being like, oh, I don't like this. And just like, you know, you listen to it like for five minutes, like, you know, I think like she broke my dick. That's song two, I think, or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll just put this off to the side. And and it was like maybe a year later, I put it back on. I was like, what the fuck was I thinking? Like, this is the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, and then just I kind of went backwards from there, yeah. I think, with with all. So it is kind of funny how yeah how that how that goes but you know we all kind of um i don't know you have those like poignant moments in your life that are like these major turning points if you're into music like i bet you guys can like remember the first place you were when you heard some of those songs right like i have these like vivid memories of like city i used to play like um sim city i remember when i was a kid yeah. and i used to put like uh uh rancid and out come the wolves on and just listen to it over and over and so in my head whenever i hear that record i just like see sim city in front of me yeah so i did, I did that with wave race 64 and some offspring records yeah ixnay just a two yeah. or seven yeah that's hilarious well that's amazing hey guys like thank you so much for your time today this has no. been so fun getting thank to chat with you us. and uh yeah like i said like i just i love what you guys do you guys are amazing musicians amazing songwriters i'm so you know honored to be able to chat with you and i hopefully we can get you up here to edmonton at some point but you know even if not um you might see me down there at some point too like i'd love to come come see you guys play so 
Well, either way, if either you. of us are in each other's towns, each yes. other. yeah, that sounds yeah. really good. Oh. Amazing. Well, thanks again for your time. I'm going to ask, you know, one last question where I know we've been talking about music and stuff lately, but do you have any advice out there uh, or advice for dads out there who might be listening? Just like, you know, a little piece of advice. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Um, Words of wisdom. I actually just wrote this and my friend is about to have a kid and he's doing a Polaroid picture and a word of advice from all of his friends in this little book. And that's a good idea. This one for, for me and maybe to others out there, but um, this is going to sound really simple and very, I don't know, but don't waste your time worrying about the things that you can't control. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's, that's my little piece of wisdom. Yeah. For everybody. I, I would say, again, it's pretty generic, but no matter what happens, everything's going to be okay. It's going to be scary and you don't know what you're going to, you don't know what to do, but it's going to be okay. Yeah. It'll work out one day, one way or the other. Just show up. You're going to be okay. It's a great place to end it. Thanks yeah. guys. Thank you really so appreciate much. it. Appreciate your time today. Thank you. All right. That was Jared Cooper and Brendan Scholes from Mercy Music and Not on the Rad Dad Show. Thank you so much for joining us and thank you for listening. If you like this episode, it would mean so much to us if you drop us a review on iTunes or Spotify. And if you're looking for more Rad Dad's content, find us wherever you get your podcasts or give us a follow on social media. On Instagram, you can find us at at rad underscore dads underscore show. And that's the same for threads as well, if you're using that. And on Facebook and Twitter and TikTok at at rad dad show. You can also head over to YouTube to watch all these interviews as well. But wherever you're watching or listening, please don't forget to hit that subscribe button. It helps us so much. Lastly, Rad Dads is first and foremost a community organization aimed at positive parenting. You can check out what we do over at raddadsyeg.com. That's raddadsyeg.com. Thanks for tuning in. In the meantime, and in between time, stay rad.